know if I really love this decision. Over the middle, got his man, and look at him go! Jalen Waddle for the touchdown! Welcome to Inside Leverage, your gateway to the fascinating realm of the Miami Dolphins. Join us as we delve deep into the team's dynamic Super Bowl journey. We invite you to share your most scorching takes, unwind, and relish in our captivating Mr. Manso, thank you for giving us your time. We appreciate you coming through and, and talking some Dolphins Eagles with us. How are you feeling this morning? I'm good, man. My pleasure. It's good to be on. All right. Hey, well, Will, just go ahead and uh, just give a quick introduction. I, I mean, we all pretty much know who you are, but just, you know, let people know who you are, where they can find your work, and, you know, just give a quick introduction oh, of, you know, what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, I work over locally. For those that live in South Florida that are Dolphin fans, I work at Channel 10. I've been there for the last uh, almost 25 years now, which is just the ABC affiliate in Miami. I do heat stuff as well during the heat season, but, I mean, my main focus, my day job is just daily sports anchor reporter there at Channel 10. Awesome, awesome, great stuff, man. Well, thank you again for giving us some of your time. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the Dolphins' season so far as a whole in totality? I mean, where are you right? Now? It's man, it's it's you. You look at the way that things have worked out. You know, obviously they had some injuries and and, and the jailing injury right away and and things like that. But the way things have worked out, I think as a Dolphin fan, you have to be excited because we're seeing what this offense can be. You know, and, and what did everybody talk about before the season, right? Okay, you need Tua to stay healthy. We need to see what this team can really be offensively with Mike McDaniel's system, all these weapons. And we've seen it. I mean, they're they're not just the best offense in football, guys. They're the best offense in football by far. You know, and that's the thing. It's one thing to be good at what you do. It's one thing to be so much better than anyone else in the league. That's just so rare to see. I think on defense, I'm sure it's you know things I know you guys have talked about before. There there are still some things there that concern you. And, and a game like this Sunday are the are the games where you can really start to see what this defense can be against quality opponents and some of the things that maybe they lack. But I think overall as a whole, I, I can't see how you're not excited about what you've seen for the Dolphins as a real contender in the in not just the AFC, but just in general at five and one. Well, we were just talking about the the potential uh, return of Jalen Ramsey and what it could mean to this team. Uh, what do you think that uh, the return of Jalen Ramsey uh, means for this Dolphins franchise or this defense in, in general? Yeah, I mean, I think it's twofold. You know, obviously the talent when he's healthy is there. Jalen still plays at a high level. You know, even though he's, he's been in the league a while now, he's still a damn good player. Like, this isn't just like an older veteran guy who's been good, but now he's just more of a voice no, he could play. I mean, he's going to help. And the thing about, about Jalen is, you know, he eliminates a headache in wherever he is in the field as far as, you know, there's not that need to then cover that side or worry about that side as much. And when you can take away sections of the field on defense, and then the twofold part is then the smarts to recognize things as it happens, to be a leader and a voice, you know. So you're talking the talent, 
and the impact that he has on the field and then the ability to help others. And I think that second part has already been proven even without taking a snap. And you hear Mike McDaniel talk about it. You hear the players talk about it. Jalen, since his injury, has been there in camp pretty much all the time. He's been around the facility. He's been around the team. He's been around the games. I mean, he's been in the ear of players. Now picture that being on the field as a productive player. So I don't think you can understate and overstate, excuse me, the value of Jalen because he is so significant as a player and as a leader. And again, it's a guy who hasn't even taken a snap for this team. And you put that on a team that, again, is 5-1 and one and that defensively has some things that you know need to be worked on. He's that kind of guy that can really elevate other guys. Go ahead, Junior. Yes, thank you so much for uh, joining us uh, here at Inside Leverage. I want to kind of talk to you real quick about um, this defense heading to this game. As far as uh, where do you think the issues that you think could pose a problem um, in dealing with this offense, the Eagles' offense, and do you think that uh, that could potentially – uh, give us an idea of who, who we might consider trading for when the free agency, when the trade deadline comes through. I, I apologize about the noise. I'm at work. No, no, no problem. You know, that's a great question. I think it's a question every Dolphin fan is asking, right? And that's why games like this are going to be such a challenge, you know, because you've got two things going on here. you got a talented quarterback who can obviously throw the football a lot of weapons, but you also have a quarterback that can run. And then you combine that with an excellent ground game and the ability to run the ball, you know, that the Eagles have. And you're really working into the issues that we've seen with this Dolphins team. You know, you look at the one game that really gave them problem, obviously, is Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen is sort of a bigger version of Jalen Hurts, right? He could throw, he could run. But, I mean, the dynamics of the style of play are, are similar. And the problem with the Dolphins is you can deal defensively and saying, okay, look, these kind of quarterbacks, the elite quarterbacks give us problems. The problem is there have been other guys that are not elite quarterbacks, player, you know, offenses that necessarily aren't very good that have been finding ways to run the football, to go right at the Dolphins, to kind of punch them in the mouth, you know, and those drives where a team just says, okay, we're going to just go right at you and run the football, run over you. And we saw it early in the game against Carolina. They were able to kind of, uh, change that corrected as it went on but Carolina's not Philadelphia so I think the concern that you have going in to answer your question is that the Eagles are going to punch the Dolphins in the mouth you know just say hey we're going to run the ball we're going to push it then when that opens up things we're going to start to throw it we saw versions of that just last week against a winless Carolina team so you have to be concerned that it gets a defending NFC champ and a 5-1 Eagles team with so many weapons that they're not just going to do the same thing, but they're going to do it over the course of the game and have success, something we saw similar in the one loss this season against Buffalo. Thank, thank you, Will, uh, for joining us. Uh, my question is uh, two-part. I'm not familiar <laughs> if you're there for press conferences or who you ha who you work with that's there. Do you, one, do you feel like this game coming up, they are taking it, serious more like we are because you know we're feds and we we mm -hmm. trash talk with other feds but i know they're not into it like like that i'm just saying like they know what's at stake like they know they're hearing like all oh, have they been hearing that all oh, the teams we play either are 425 and we lost to the bills and the second part is um uh, well answer the first part and i'll I remember the second one yeah, no problem. The first part, look, and the answer is 
Yes, they, they recognize it. I'll tell you why. You know, they'll tell you the right things, and that's as they should. You know, players and coaches in the media should always try to not, I don't know if the word is downplay, but you don't want to go out, you know, like against Carolina and say, oh, this is a game we don't care because they stink. You know, they're 0 6, or 0 5, whatever. We don't, you know, we're going to play hard. We're going to play our own game. But this, and then against the Eagles, be like, oh, man, this is the game we're up for because they're, they're the Eagles and they're 5 and 1. Of course, they're not going to say that. But I was over there on Monday and I asked Mike McDaniel straight up you know, about this game and about, hey, is there a different feel? And he started for like the first 30 seconds, right, to give like the old coach answer, like, hey, we just have to worry about ourselves. We have to respect the opponent. You know, you don't worry about that kind of stuff. But then he stopped himself and he said, but I do recognize that from the outside, people are going to look at this game. It's going to get more attention. And also from the inside, like I'm excited about this to go to Philly to play this team and the players are going to be that way. And most of the players have said the same. Like, they're not going to sit there and say, this is the biggest game of the year. We have to win this. But, man, come on. These guys are pros. Like, they know, like, with the spotlights on, Sunday Night Football, it's a measuring stick kind of game. Trust me, they're aware of it. And and they understand that this is the kind of game that you want to kind of prove yourself. Look, win or lose Sunday, it's not going to change the Dolphins' path of what we think of them as a potential Super Bowl contender, right? But, man, that kind of win can really just kind of elevate you, not just to the public, but to yourself as you move forward, that you can beat these kind of teams on the road. Yeah, and the second – well, I had the second part. I, okay. um, I know it's probably hard to ask this question because I don't know how many coaching staffs you've covered under the Dolphins. But do you feel like in the building, let, let's say last, I know it's hard to compare it to last year because he, you know, it was McDaniel's first year. But are you sensing mm-hmm. a different aura or vibe that, if that makes sense? Like, is it really different mm-hmm. from last year? Is it, is, of course, it's the second year. Of course, I know that. I'm just saying, like, the vibe and the aura, the confidence, yeah. if that's the word, if I'm using it right. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer is yes, you can. You know, it's hard always, right, to, to read vibe and body language and feeling because guys can say certain things around you in the locker room and at press conferences and around the field and then be different, you know, from within when we're not there, right? But I think the reality is you can always sense the personality of a team and when it takes on the personality of its coach and the belief that you know something's working because they're buying into his style. Like if McDaniel is the way he is, this carefree, fun-loving kind of guy, really good with with obviously his team but good with the media you get what you get like it is what it is he's not at all faking it in any way Uh, when you see them the team kind of grasp that enjoy it and take on that same attitude he lets guys be themselves now i will say this in all the years i've covered staffs right and coaches in all levels and and just let's just talk about all the dolphins coaches over the years more often than not the personality of a clubhouse or a clubhouse a personality of a locker room takes after the results meaning if you're winning games you're feeling good so the Dolphins are feeling great they're winning games they're playing good football I would wonder if an adversity okay how would that be but I feel like I can confidently say the answer would be they'd be just fine because they really do take on this vibe of McDaniel they trust their coach they trust their staff they trust each other and something can be said you you kept you know you kept saying okay the second year you're right you know the second year I think more of his players are here. More of his players are buying in. He's, they're kind of fitting the mold of what they want, not just personnel you know, on the field, but attitude in the locker room and the way they buy into what he says. So I could absolutely sense it, and I think Yuke is a fan, and then media and people can sense it as well because this team is playing with that confidence. Yeah, so well, um, offensively, I, I wanted to ask you because we we talked we touched on the defense. Um, 
a bunch a little bit. Well, not a bunch, but um, what are your thoughts about the narrative that Miami's offense hasn't performed against the higher echelon of defensive competition and and teams in general um, with, with what we saw against the Bills and some people are alluding to what we did against the Patriots, although I felt like we, we could have scored a bunch more in yeah. both of the uh, matchups. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on the offense, and um, what do you expect to see from the offense this coming upcoming Sunday? Do you expect for it to be similar to what we saw against the Bills, or do you expect for them to show up and be more so of what we saw all season? I mean, it's a good question, and this is the unfair part. What we talked about earlier about the Dolphins being so much better than everybody, right, statistically on offense, and the way they play the game is so different. It's almost an unfair standard. It's like, man, they got to score 40 points every game, or if not, they suck. You know, it's like it's it's a hard standard, especially, like, look around the league. Like, we're all fans, right, of the game, not just of watching the Dolphins. And you'll watch games, and you'll just see some awful quarterback play and awful offenses and stuff that, like, you know, offensive lines can't block, receivers dropping passes, quarterbacks can't make reads. I mean, there's some bad football played every week in the NFL and sometimes from very good teams. I mean, you look at the Eagles, a perfect example. It's a very good offense. I got all kinds of respect for Jalen Hurts in that offense. They did not look good last week against the Jets. Now, again, the Jets may not be a quality opponent as far as, you know, overall team, but defensively, they're a good defense. And I think that's what you just have. I think people have to understand, like in the course of a 17 game season and then into the playoffs, you cannot score 40 points a game and be efficient and effective every single time. You have to win different kind of games. And McDaniel referenced the game against Carolina as a game to what this offense can show, because they showed you can fall behind and not play well and still find the way to get it going. These kind of games are perfect examples. Do I expect the Dolphins to score 40 points in Philadelphia? No, I do not. I do not. It's just, that's not, these games and these quality teams, it's just hard to see that. You rarely see those kind of games. But do I expect the, the offense to work through whatever issues they have? Like if they have a couple three and outs, they got to figure things out. Absolutely. I have faith this offense can put up 20, 24, 27 plus points in that range in Philadelphia. I think it goes back to the question, though, when you fall behind, right, and as Buffalo is a perfect example, and maybe things have to change in the way you approach things, then, yeah, it's going to put a lot more pressure on the offense. So I think the key in these kind of games is always the same. Just stick around, man. This offense is going to come around and do its thing. Just don't put them in big holes against quality teams because you can do that against Carolina. It's great to see. It's much tougher against a Philadelphia, a Kansas City, Dallas. You know, we saw it against Buffalo, the teams that are on the schedule that we know are better opponents against Miami. Go ahead, Junior. Yeah, and you're absolutely right, uh, Will. I think not all great teams, not all the time, have to score the 40s or 70 points. Sometimes you got to go through the, 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 the rough dogfight, the 14-17, the 20-21-20 the type, of, type of games. Um, I, I agree. I think it's a matter of just having the possession, winning on your third downs, and um, scoring when you need to. Um, I, wanted to I don't know if you're able to uh, talk about this. Um, as far as the injury report, do you know any status of Connor Williams? Do, uh, I'm hearing a couple things, um, but I, one one that I heard was that uh, he had a reaction to the the giant. The, was it the Giants game or the the uh, yeah the Giants yeah. game? But he could have played, um, but they wanted to rest him. So I just wanted to know if you're able to give us any information about that. Do you think he'll likely play this game? 
You know, we'll have to see what the report comes out later, what the official injury report is later. And I will say this, McDaniel's pretty pretty consistent with Connor on just, you know, and and he's been that way. He was that way with Jeff Wilson, too, last week. There are certain guys they want to make sure okay. You know, they want to make sure. And and I think that's the quality of the depth that the Dolphins have and the, the understanding that they need all these guys. You know, they really do need these guys. Connor's a perfect example. They'll put them out there. If they feel he's comfortable enough to play and that everything's okay, um, they're not going to risk further injury, they're going to do it. He, he talked about it last week. Again, I referenced Jeff Wilson. He's done it with other guys that are slipping my mind right now that he's especially veteran guys. So to answer your question is, we'll know more later in the injury report, but I think in McDaniel's mind, they've been very careful with injuries and not forcing and rushing guys back because they understand they have a lot of depth. And, you know, the one thing we haven't talked about, I'm glad you mentioned Connor because it leads to the offensive line. I think the one thing that goes back to the first question that got asked about how, you know, how, what do you think of this team and the way they've played? We got to talk about the offensive line as mentioned. I got to make sure I say that because this offensive line in a league where I just referenced all the bad football that there is going on and all the bad offensive line play. My God, this offensive line just continues to impress every week with whatever piece they put out there. You know, everybody thought before the season, if you told me, hey, guess what? You know, Toronto Armstead is going to be injury prone again and miss a lot of games. Everybody like, oh, crap. Yeah, this offensive line is going to stink. They're going to have all kinds of issues. Here we are six, seven weeks into the season. And they're one of the most productive offensive lines in the league and most consistent, keeping Tua upright, which is so important. And I know that Tua gets rid of the ball quickly. I know the Dolphins tend to get things out, you know, two seconds, boom, two, three seconds, get it out, get those routes going. Tua's so good at reading it. But he's doing it with no pressure, meaning it's you see quarterbacks on the league, they get rid of it at the same time, two, two, two and a half seconds or whatever, but they've got three guys in their face. Credit to the offensive line, and then we know what they've done in the ground game as well with any back they throw back there. So it's been a really big progression for this team. Well, I want to thank you for uh, giving us your time and appreciate all your great insight. Do you have time for a few more questions? Yeah, no problem. Man. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, go ahead French, and then we're going to open up the floor. And if anyone else has any questions uh, as speakers, feel free to raise your hand, and we'll go ahead and throw you in the uh, queue. Uh, go ahead, French. Hey, hey, Will, this is a two-part question. Thank you so much for your time. Um, this one question is not necessarily X's and O's, but it's about messaging. I've heard the messaging from ESPN and some of these other talk shows about, like, the bully ball or how does a win like this affect the messaging um, yeah. and how the team is perceived and branding moving forward? Um, second part is um, are Are you more of a Sealer guy or more of a Wilkins guy? I'll hang up and listen. Okay. The first part is, look, that the narratives of what this could do, right, is tough because everybody that's listening now, right, knows the way the media works and nationally, especially. Not necessarily locally because locally, like, you know, the guys you follow locally, either the TV stations or the radio, the, the, the beat writers, they're there every day. We understand what this team is and, and the ups and downs, the good, the bad, you know, I don't think that we're more prone to freak out over a bad result. Nationally, the problem is the narrative is always going to change. So let's just say they play play great football. They go into Philly. They punch him in the mouth. They play great. You know, Tua looks great. They're looking efficient. They're going to be the story of this week in the NFL. They just are. But then in two weeks, if they go to Germany and the Chiefs, Mahomes handles them and they have a tough time and Tua gets pressured and he has his worst game of the season – then the narrative is going to flip right back to like, well, I don't know if they really have what it takes against these big games, you know, winning shootouts, all these things. It's just not capable with their defense, this, that. So I guess the answer is 
yes, it'll change, but it's so short term. You know, the only thing that'll change that or that really, I think, prove to the outside is the consistency of a full season and going into the playoffs and having success. And in a way that stinks, because I think we all know this is a good team. This is a, a quality team. But at the same time, it's just in the world we live in now, man, with, with instant access to social media and opinions and talk shows, the opinions change within the second. So not even a win in Philly, I think, is going to solve that. Uh, but it would sure be fun to get. Uh, to your question on Sealer or Wilkins, I love both. I mean, I, I know that's a diplomatic answer because I think both are so productive. I've always been a big Wilkins fan, though. You know, Zach does it in a down and dirty way. And man, he's earned his chance in the NFL and the contract he got. Uh, I am sort of surprised they haven't signed Wilkins long term. I obviously don't have the insights to the exact numbers that he wants. But I will say this. You know, you look around the league in that draft class, the defensive lineman in that draft class, which... You know, you had what Dexter Lawrence and you had uh, the the kid over in Tennessee, what Simmons and these guys and even the Bills and, and, and getting at Oliver. These guys that have had this money from that draft class and, and you see the range of what, 65 to 90 million dollars, right? Like the lower end, 165 million to the higher end, 90, 95 million. I would think in the upper part of that is where Christian needs to be. I am on, on the belief that he deserves that. And I and I would love to see it for the Dolphins because I think he has a great fit here. But I'm just, you know, it's taken this long. He continues to try to prove himself. He had a couple of sacks last week. It was nice to see. And you just hope he continues to build off that because I think he's a special player. For his yeah. kind of narrative, he's trying to push up, trying to get you to take his side. So, well, 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 French. well, what is well, agenda pushing? Well, that, that guy, you're more that guy. He, yeah. He's a sealer guy. He's trying to push this agenda. Oh uh, well, I, 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 what, what what it is, Will, is we have a week to week bet on the show who gets okay. the most sacks, whether it's Sealer or Wilkins. I lost last week, so on the playback, I'll have the Jimmy Butler uh, emu uh, wig on while I do the playback <laughs> show this week because I lost it back. But I'm depending on Sealer to have a bounce back game, two and a half sacks this uh, week, and okay. let's just say um, I got something in store for the guys on the next show. I would love to see it. I would love to see well, it. Before we get to the question, Will, I said this earlier or yesterday that if Wilkins wants to get paid, then this is a game he has to dominate. He has to, he has to make a statement. That's just my opinion. I'm not saying that I'm the gospel. I'm just saying for me, like if he wants to be up there with them guys getting paid with them guys, this is the game you he has to have one of those tackle for loss five, tackle for loss type games, you know, because they're going to run the ball. So you need to be dominant in the run defense if you want to be paid and like we, them guys. We've seen it. We've seen games where his name is called like every play, it seems like. And I don't mean this year. I mean just during his career. But we've also seen games where maybe it hasn't enough. And you say to yourself, well, if you're going to be that kind of player, you do have to kind of be active in most plays. And to, again, to his credit, I think he can do it. And you're right. And a game like this would be a perfect spot to step up and do it. What I was going to ask Teddy, like, where are you getting there? Can you, because we on the internet, we blow it up. We tag him a million <laughs> times. Like, they cannot be this blind to the fan base wanting this bad. Because, bro, this yeah. fan base wants it bad. Like, we see teams wearing their throwbacks, and we're like, what's going on? Like, I know. we the get it the home game, it's but funny the, the, the Eagles are using their – I'm sorry. But, no, everybody loves throwbacks. Everybody loves right? throwbacks. The Eagles are wearing theirs. This is prime time. Everybody's watching. Why not – counter with the throwback for that game like they're wearing theirs like it's only like come on what are we doing 
But I know D will got a question. Like we're so frustrated, and you're in there. So if you don't know who to talk to about it, it's really bad. <laughs> they don't let they don't let it too close to Tom and the and the front office guys. We deal with Mike and the staff and the right, players. Right, right. Those guys have no pull. Yes, sir. Uh, Will, again, wanna, I can't thank you enough for, for this interview and, and giving us your time. Um, this means a lot to us and, and the fan base and, and all of our listeners. It's been more than insightful. Um, really want to appreciate you uh, giving us your time, man. It's It's been great. You guys are doing a good job. And I appreciate, appreciate you. It was, it, was, it was fun coming up. You've been listening to another episode of Miami Dolphins Inside Leverage on the Fans First Sports Network.